Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a love story. A love story that is deeper than anything Hollywood can produce. And it has more twists and turns than them too. We're looking at the book of Hosea. So get ready to drop into the world of this 8th century BC prophet and see what the message is for the church today too. Hosea chapter 6, verse 4, to chapter 7, verse 16, page 904 onwards in these Bibles. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Therefore, I cut you in pieces with my prophets. I killed you with the words of my mouth. Then my judgments go forth like the sun. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. As at Adam, they have broken the covenant. They were unfaithful to me there. Gilead is a city of evildoers, stained with footprints of blood. As marauders lie in ambush for a victim, so do bands of priests. They murder on the road to Shechem, carrying out their wicked schemes. I have seen a horrible thing in Israel, There Ephraim is given to prostitution. Israel is defiled. Also for you, Judah, a harvest is appointed. Whenever I would restore the fortunes of my people, whenever I would heal Israel, the sins of Ephraim are exposed and the crimes of Samaria revealed. They practice deceit. Thieves break into houses, bandits rob in the streets. But they do not realise that I remember all their evil deeds. Their sins engulf them, they are always before me. They delight the king with their wickedness, the princes with their lies. They are all adulterers, burning like an oven, whose fire the baker need not stir, from the kneading of the dough till it rises. On the day of the festival of our king, the princes become inflamed with wine, and he joins hands with the mockers. Their hearts are like an oven, they approach him with intrigue. Their passion smoulders all night, in the morning it blazes like a flaming fire. All of them are as hot as an oven. They devour their rulers, all their kings fall, and none of them calls on me. Ephraim mixes with the nations. Ephraim is a flat loaf, not turned over. Foreigners sap his strength, but he does not realise it. His hair is sprinkled with grey, but he does not notice. Israel's arrogance testifies against him, but despite all this, he does not return to the Lord his God or search for him. Ephraim is like a dove, easily deceived and senseless, now calling to Egypt, now turning to Assyria. When they go, I will throw my net over them. I will pull them down like the birds in the sky. When I hear them flocking together, I will catch them. Woe to them, because they have strayed from me. Destruction to them, because they have rebelled against me. I long to redeem them, but they speak about me falsely. They do not cry out to me from their hearts, but wail on their beds. They slash themselves, appealing to their gods for grain and new wine, but they turn away from me. I train them and strengthen their arms, but they plot evil against me. They do not turn to the Most High. They are like a faulty bow. Their leaders will fall by the sword because of their insolent words. For this, they will be ridiculed in the land of Egypt. Well, the the people are a mess. They've been brought out of Egypt, given a land flowing with milk and honey. And best of all, 
They are God's chosen people, but they are an absolute mess. There's no faithfulness, there's no love, there's no acknowledgement of God in the land. What can I do with you? exclaims God. That's where we're up to in the story of Hosea. A story you could picture as a marriage on the rocks. A story that is pictured by God as a marriage between Hosea and a woman named Gomer. And a story that has a pattern to it. You, you have the charge, you then get the judgment, and then you get the hope of a restoration. We've seen that with the charge of the lack of knowledge over the past few weeks. We saw the judgment, which was a death for the nation. But we also saw the hope of a resurrection. And now we're moving into the next charge, and you can see it back in chapter 4, verse 1. This is the verse that structures the whole of this book. The charge is there is no love. Now, no love, that doesn't mean the kind of mushy love that we see on TV. I know that Valentine's Day has passed recently. Love here is the Hebrew word chesed. It's good for clearing your throat if you ever need to. Chesed is the word, it means covenant faithfulness or steadfast love, or as I'll use this evening, the idea of loyalty. You can see that in the very first three verses of our passage this evening. Have a look at verse four. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. You see, the people's love, or that same word, chesed, their covenant loyalty to God is like the morning mist. It's like the early dew. It's fleeting. It just disappears. And God had sent prophets to the people, prophets calling the people back to their covenant with God. But the people, they they didn't listen. The prophets proclaimed God's words to the people, his judgments, which are like the sun to them. But in that sun, the mist faded, the dew evaporated. The people's loyalty is fleeting. And God wants their loyalty in verse 6, or in this translation here, that mercy, that's the same word again, he wants that over sacrifice. He's not saying that sacrifices are a bad thing to be doing, but on their own, if you separate them from loyalty, absolutely useless. God wants acknowledgement over burnt offerings. You can just feel the heart of God here, can't you? What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Well, that's the question. That's the question that this section raises. In fact, you see the same exclamation at the end of this section. Just flick with me to chapter 11, verse 8. Just to show you this is a section. Chapter 11, verse 8. Right at the end of this part of Hosea, God says, How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? See the same exclamation, like two pieces of bread making up a sandwich. So our question for this evening is, what's the problem with unsteady loyalty? What's the problem with unsteady loyalty? As other parts of this book, God, through Hosea, shows us the issue and the evidence. So we're going to look at just three pictures, three pictures that Hosea uses to show Israel what they're like this evening. So the very first picture we see, unsteady loyalty is like Adam. You can see that in chapter 6, verse 7, through to 7, verse 2. It says here, As at Adam, 
They have broken the covenant. They were unfaithful to me there. You see, unsteady loyalty is like Adam. Now, we, we know Adam, right? He's from the very start of our Bibles. If you don't know him, turn to page three of these Bibles and you'll find out all about him. In their unsteady loyalty, God is saying that the people are like Adam. You see, Adam was given absolutely everything. He was literally the king of the world. He had unparalleled access to God. He was known as the son of God. But he threw it all away. He was unsteady in his loyalty. And he turned to listen to the snake, didn't he? And unsteady loyalty led to him being kicked out of the land, out of the garden. Kicked out of the life giving presence of God. He lacked a love for God. And that story, it sadly continues all the way through the Bible. Like father, like son, murder, wickedness. Just fast forward in the story to Jacob, the one that Israel is named after. He had a sordid history in this place called Gilead, which you can see here comes up. His sons Simeon and Levi committed wickedness in Shechem. You see, what Hosea is doing, what God's doing through Hosea here, is connecting the people to the unsteady loyalty throughout their history, all the way back to Adam. And it's possible, the NIV here seems to make it the case, it's possible that these names are places as well. Hosea might be using a pun to connect these names. You see, Adam is the name of the first man, but also the name of a place in Israel, just like Gilead and Shechem. You see, the people are unsteady in their loyalty all over the land, and it runs deep. It runs all the way back to Adam, the very first covenant breaker. And God remembers all the people's evil deeds. Nothing is hidden from him. They may not realise it, but verse 2, God does. They might be doing the right things on the surface, sacrifices, burnt offerings, but under the surface there is no love, there is no loyalty it's still possible today to have an unsteady loyalty like this to do the right thing on the surface but to lack love underneath it I mean the Pharisees showed that about themselves when they had dinner with Jesus and the tax collectors and the sinners how dare he do that they said or as Jesus and his disciples were walking along and plucking grain on the Sabbath how dare they do that Well, both times, Jesus quotes Hosea 6 to them. Both times, the Pharisees were failing to show mercy. They were showing religiosity, but not love. They were taking the gift, but they were ignoring the giver. (coughs) Still possible to be like that today, isn't it? What's the problem with unsteady loyalty? Well, it's like Adam. That's our first picture. On to our next picture. In the middle of this section... We get a comparison with an oven. I'm not sure if you noticed that as I read it through. Have a look at verse 4. They, that's all the people, are like adulterers, burning like an oven, whose fire the baker need not stir, from the kneading of the dough till it rises. What's the problem then with unsteady loyalty? Well, it's like a hot oven. See, Hosea is showing us that the unsteady loyalty, it runs through all of the people. It's even reached the top of their society. As the people sin, as their wickedness is on display, the king is delighted with it. See, the king is meant to be leading 
the people in loyalty before God. But here we see he's acting just like the rest. All the people, including the king, are adulterers before God. They're like a hot oven, says Hosea. You see, normally an oven, it would need stoking to get it hot enough for the baker to bake their bread. But the oven here is already hot. You can see that in the poetry of verse 6. The people's passion, it smoulders all night. In the morning, it blazes like a flaming fire. The adulterous heart of the people, it's on fire every minute. There's no letting up. And that causes them to fall away from God, or as we're thinking about, to be unsteady. Verse 7, their kings fall, their rulers are devoured, but none of them call out to God for help. Now the baking picture continues, verse 8. Ephraim mixes with the nations. Ephraim is a flat loaf, not turned over. You see, the people's loyalty results in a mixing up with the other nations. And that makes them like a flat loaf, not turned over. I mean, Paul Hollywood would not give you any marks for that one. Doughy on one side, burnt on the other. Too much on one side, not enough on the other. It's totally inedible. Uneven. Disgusting. See, throughout the section, there are signs the people should be picking up on. Signs that should cause them to turn to God, but they refuse to do so. Even though, as verse 10 says, their arrogance, it testifies against them. It testifies to their face. They still will not return or search for God. In fact, Hosea said that exact phrase back in the previous charge. And they still are refusing. (coughs) Just imagine for a moment eating that burnt loaf. Even the sound of it, burnt on one side and doughy on the other, just makes you want to spit it out, doesn't it? See, God calls for his people throughout the Bible to be steady. In Revelation, he says, I want you to be hot or cold, not lukewarm. He desires a people who know him, whose actions are motivated by love for him. Distraction from the world was a massive problem in Israel. A problem that they didn't seem to realise they had. You see, they needed to return to God. They needed to do that daily. As God's people today, well, we need to do that too. We need to come to God daily. We need to not be hot on one side and cold on the other. But we need to be steady in our love for God and show that in our day to day. The people here, their loyalty is unsteady. They're like a hot oven, like a burnt loaf. And finally, the third picture we're going to see this evening. Unsteady loyalty, it's like a silly bird. Verses 11 to 16. Let me read verse 11 for us. Ephraim is like a dove, easily deceived and senseless, now calling to Egypt, now turning to Assyria. We might say in modern language that Israel is running around like a headless chicken. See, the literal translation here is without heart. Israel has no heart. They are without commitment. They have unsteady loyalty. The people are running to Egypt one moment for help and then to Assyria the next. Their loyalty is fluttering between the two when instead they should be turning to their king, their protector, God. So God is going to capture that bird. Verse 12, he's going to throw his net over it and pull it from the sky. 
You see, God is willing to redeem them. But it's like the people have shut the doors to him and bolted them on the inside. Although God has been faithful to them, and he still wants to be, the people will not be loyal to him. As verse 16 says, they turn everywhere, but not upwards, not to the Most High. See, God has already shown steady loyalty to his people, but they refuse to show it to him. They instead decide to mutilate themselves. They cry out to the false gods they've jumped into bed with, even though God was the one who trained them. Even though God was the one who had strengthened them, they plot against him. They're a danger to themselves. They're, they're like a faulty bow, is the picture here. See, instead of a defence, they become a danger to themselves. They fail to respond to the archer's command. The question we should be asking from this picture is, where do we turn when we're in trouble? We've asked that question before as we've gone through Hosea, but it's worth asking again. When things go wrong, do we turn this way and that? Do we run around like a headless chicken? See, God still calls us to turn to him today, to find in him our all in all, to fully trust in him. So as we work through this book of Hosea, we need to constantly check our own hearts. And we need to be reminding each other of that. So what's the problem with unsteady loyalty? Well, it's like a silly bird fluttering each and every which way. And you can see at the end of this passage, that's going to lead to their downfall. Have a look at verse 16. As the passage ends, the leaders, they're going to fall by the sword. And as the leaders fall, the people will no doubt follow. And notice the very last sentence of this passage. For this, they will be ridiculed in the land of Egypt. See, it's not a coincidence that Egypt is mentioned here. It's not just a random country that's been pulled out of the air. God had rescued Israel from Egypt. God had formed Israel as a people out of Egypt. God had given his people a covenant out of Egypt. And now, since they've rejected that covenant, since they've shown unsteady loyalty, it's as if they've gone back to square one, right back under the taunts and derision of that nation. Well, that's the charge. That's the evidence now laid out for us. So what are we to learn from this? Well, plain and simple, God requires covenant loyalty from his people. God requires covenant loyalty from his people. It, it really does matter. You see, the, the people here, they need someone who can show loyalty to God in their place. They need someone who's not like Adam. They need someone who's steady, someone who's not burnt on one side. They need a king who's going to lead the people in loyalty and they need to trust in God wholeheartedly, not like a bird that's going to flutter this way and that. They need to have covenant love. They need steady loyalty. And that's what we need too. See, God doesn't change. His demands don't change. But the difference for us is that God has given us someone who has done what is needed. Jesus. And so this passage should call us to put our full trust in him. We should rally behind our king, who is the better Adam. We should rally behind our king who leads the people in truth. 
and we should rally behind the king, not turning to the left or to the right. We should pray this evening that we would do that. We should pray that God would enable us to do that and that we would find grace when we fail in that. I hope you found that helpful and edifying. If you have any feedback or questions, feel free to reach out to me via email. The details are in the show notes. But until next time, let's keep praising God this week.